This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m., or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m., or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. We talked talk last week, and we're going into a little bit different angle, maybe a little bit, about the hope zone. We all want to be in the zone, you know. But this is what we're talking about is the hope zone. And this right here represents hope for us tonight. And this is being in the zone. And this is being out of the zone. But we want to be in the zone, you know, when it comes to being in hope and, and close to God. Let me... uh. Share a little article I came across. There's a little boy who was standing at the foot of the escalator. Y'all know what escalator is, right? Mm-hmm. Has anybody ever gone up a down escalator? I saw a few hands doing like that, you know? At least all of our boys have. Yeah. Maybe miracles. I don't know if I've ever done that or not. I'm sure you have. Uh, I probably did. <laughs> Anyhow. There's a little boy, he was standing at the foot of the escalator at a large department store, and, you know, intently he was watching the handrail. He never took his eye off of the handrail as the escalator kept going around and around and around and around. And a salesperson saw him and finally asked him if if he was lost. And the little fella replied, nope. I'm just waiting for my chewing gum to come back. (laughs) So we too, you know, should look forward, you know, even intently with this hope, this confident expectation of our Savior Jesus coming back. Because he promised he was coming back. That's what he promised in his word. He's coming back back and we should praise him for this living hope this confident expectation he's given unto us and just so you know let me see in one of these bags there's a whole bunch of chewing gum and and the ushers can grab that bag and you can all have a piece of chewing gum at the end of the service to remind you you know that little boy's story but Jesus is coming back. Let it remind you <clears throat> that He's coming back. It says here in 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, If someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. If someone asks you, well, what's this hope thing that you, you're talking about? What is this hope? And hope is what? Confident expectation for the future. He says here, if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Are you ready to explain it? Yes. It's like popcorn. I know. Well, the thing is, because we know that, we can sharpen our sword and we can get better familiar and and if all you really had to explain that was John 3 16 that'd be good enough for God Father God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son how about Jesus that whoever believes in him would not perish you wouldn't go to hell but you'd have everlasting life. And you know, we, we've all sinned, we've fallen short. You know, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You know, and, and it's all about believing. It tells us in John, you know, that, that we must believe. That those who believe and receive Him, believe and receive, He gives the right to become children of God. There's so much, oh, I reckon you can use the whole Bible, you know. But make it simple and plain, this particular passage here in the New Living Translation, it says, if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. So figure it out. 
when we're teaching, there's a scripture you hear, a story we, you hear, an object lesson you see, just makes it clear and plain to someone who would want to know about this hope. Hope is a confident expectation that Jesus is coming back. Hope is a confident expectation that he forgives us. He pardons our sins. And he's got this wonderful place. And, and, and we're looking for this city whose, whose builder and maker is almighty God. And he, he welcomes us there, not based on works, but based upon believing him. Anyhow, you know, hope can be misplaced. You can put your hope in the wrong place. Some people put their hope in all their works. And, and that would be like here. You're missing hope by a long way. Well, if I do enough works, I'm going to get to heaven, you know. And, and that's not what Christ has given us to believe. He has given us to believe that Jesus is Lord. We believe that. And that he rose from the dead after he paid for our sins. It's fantastic. It's simple. It really genuinely is. Now, some folks hope to receive eternal life in heaven without receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior. Who said that? You're right. It's impossible. It's impossible to get to heaven without Jesus. It's impossible. The Bible tells us, John chapter 14 Verse 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That's right. Who was saying that? Awesome. Way to go. And how old are you? Seven. Seven. And you can go that scripture. That's awesome. Way to go. You know, so you can explain this hope. He can explain this hope, and there is no other way to get to heaven except Jesus. Jesus said that. He's the Son of God. He was the sacrifice for our sins. You know, it's, it's just a wonderful, fantastic good news. We can talk about that another point in time. But some hope to grow in Christ and in their faith without really ever reading God's Word or without ever praying. And they... They, they hope to grow in their faith. No Bible and no prayer. Ain't going to happen. Mm-mm. You know? It's just like thinking, well, I'm going to get full. Y'all will never eat a meal. I'm just going to get full. No. You know, and, and, and you're not going to get full of faith without going to his word, without reading, without while out praying. Now, some hope to live happily Ever after, that they hope to live happy lives even though they're in rebellion to God. Are we in right relationship with God when we rebel against everything He tells us? No. no. It don't happen that way. It just don't happen. God forgives us of all of our sins if we confess them and we ask for that forgiveness, but we can't just rebel against Him and do our own thing and think that all the blessings and all the promises will be fulfilled upon my life. It just don't work that way. When you, you think about it, you know. Some people, you know, misplace their hope. They, they got their hope in so many different kinds of things. It's, it's a false hope. It, it, it really doesn't do what you think it would do, you know. Hope that's not found in God's word is not hope. It's just the truth of it, you know. Life can be difficult and harsh. There are times when we think, you know, it'll not get any better. Have you ever been in a situation where it seemed hopeless, you know? There's always hope. Because Jesus rose from the dead, there's always hope, you know. Um, Listen to what it says here in Titus chapter 1. Verse 1. This is the Message Bible. It says, I, Paul, am God's slave and Christ's agent. For uh, and he says he's what? Christ's agent. And this God's, is not my Paul, yeah, right? Yep. God's he said, slave. I'm God's slave 
and I'm Christ's agent. And I'm going to tell you something about Paul ain't no secret agent. (laughs) And we're not supposed to be secret agents either. We're an agent representing the almighty God and unashamed and willing to declare hope. A confident expectation of the future because what God says in his word to us. And it ain't no secret, it's the good news. And Paul was telling us about it. Would you read that once again? I, Paul, am God's slave and Christ's agent for promoting the faith among God's chosen people. Getting out the accurate word on God. Getting out the accurate word. Getting out the truth. Promoting faith. That ain't secret. He wants us to promote it. To live it first. Because if you ain't living it, talking about it, it really kind of backfires on you, you know. But that's what he's telling us here. Getting out the accurate word on God and how to respond rightly to it. Hmm. Getting out the accurate word, getting out the truth and, and, and how we are to respond rightly to it. Really how to live godly, which means godlike. My aim is to raise hope by pointing the way to life without end. What does it say again? My aim is to raise hope. Okay. I'm raising hope. Okay. He says here, my aim is to raise hope by pointing the way to life without end. Eternal life. Heaven. He says, I want to raise and I want to point I want to raise hope. And what is hope? A confident expectation for the future. He says, I want to raise hope. I want people to grasp a hold of hope. I'm pointing toward hope, you know, and I want to raise hope. I want people to have a confident expectation for the future. It's what he's talking about. This, oh, John 14, verse 6 says... Why don't you read that verse? Read it again, right? Or maybe we should have Kelly Rose say it. What's it say? John 14. I am the way. Verse 6. The truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Good job. That's what Jesus said. Awesome. Fantastic. It's wonderful, you know. So I'm going to back up and read that again over here, okay? Yeah. My aim is to raise hopes by pointing the way to life without end. This is the life that God promised long ago, and he doesn't break promises. Hmm. Do people break promises? Yes. Even well-meaning people can break a promise. Mm -hmm. But God does not break, break a promise He's given us his book, and it's sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the life God promised long ago, and he doesn't break promises. You know, it's the word of God that gives us hope. Let's read uh, Romans 15, verse 4. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope. The scripture gives us what? Hope. It gives us hope. Oh, it's a wonderful place to be when you've got a confident expectation for tomorrow and the next day and the next day and throughout all eternity to have a confident expectation because God has given that unto us. It is a wonderful, it is a comforting place to be. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Hmm. Did you read that one more time? And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Such things were written in the scripture long ago. Have you ever noticed that this book has been around for a while? Romans 15.4 says it has been. And it's just like, wow, my hope is moving over here. It says, and the scriptures give us hope. And the scriptures give us not only hope, but encouragement. I don't want to lose my hope. I don't want to become hopeless. 
And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait. What's the next word? Patiently. That's not always easy. <laughs> Patiently for God's promise to be fulfilled. We, we wait patiently. We, we, we wait, you know, confidently. Expectantly. Expectantly. Oh, wow. That's what he's talking about. You know, Psalms 119 verse 49 says, Remember your promise to me, for it is my only hope. It's my only hope. It comes from God's word. It is a promise from the almighty, the most high, one who created you. It's my only hope is what he says. It's my only hope. Your promise to me, remember it, he says. Remember your promise to me, for it is my only hope. Your promise revives me. Revives me. Does anybody ever here need to be revived? Yes. Yes. If there's somebody sleeping next to you right now. <laughs> and sometimes we need to nudge people who's in our, our sphere of influence to revive them. And so they can understand and know the truth, have a relation with God. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. You, you guys ever have troubles? Yes. There's troubles that come our way. But he says it's his word. The promises here, it revives us and it comforts us when trouble comes. That's what, and, and that's hope. No matter what you're going through, there is hope. No matter where you're at, there is hope. There is a confident expectation for later on today, for tomorrow, for the next day. and Whatever our future brings, there's a confident expectation. That's what he tells us. That's what hope, the, the Almighty gives unto us hope. Psalm 119 verse 43 says, Do not snatch your word of truth from me. <laughs> For my only hope is in your laws. God will never snatch his word from us. Mm. He sent the Holy Spirit to teach us his word and bring it back to our minds is what he tells us. And so here's a prayer. You know, don't snatch your word of truth from me. My only hope is in your laws, in, in your word, in, in, in the scriptures and all. I will keep on obeying your law forever and forever. And, and how long is forever and ever? It's forever. Eternity. It is eternity. And he tells us, I'm going to keep on obeying them forever and forever. And I walk in freedom, for I've devoted myself to your commandments. And and I've devoted, you know, some people devote themselves to TV and to certain kinds of movies and certain series. And, you know, they, they commit themselves to a whole lots of things, you know. But I'll tell you what, God's word will build your faith. Mm-hmm. It, it really will. And, and it will increase. And grant us the power and, and the reality of walking in hope with a confident expectation. And you remember what we talked about we read last week in Hebrews chapter 11. It says faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for. Hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith that removes mountains, moves mountains, is the substance of things that's hoped for. So if, if you got... Hope, a confident expectation for the future, that's a real good definition of faith. But if you don't have a confident expectation for the future, you really don't have no faith. And, and faith moves mountains, but the lack of faith is fear and doubt and worry and anxiety. They don't really do much of anything. Hebrews now, chapter- stories, I was talking about earlier, mm. the stories is in this book. They're amazing. Has any of you ever read an awesome, amazing story out of this book? Yes. Fantastic. Just want to check in and see. Okay. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same? You mean he's not different than 2,000 years ago? No. He's not different like, you know, when our great-great-grandparents 
first accepted him, or, or maybe when people came to this nation looking for freedom, he's the same? And he's the same as he is right now? Yep. You think he'll be the same tomorrow? Yes. Now, you can have a confident expectation that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and tomorrow and forever. You can have a confident expectation that that's just the truth of it. That's just the way things are. You ever feel like Elijah, the prophet, you know? He felt very alone. He felt very depressed. And he thought he had no friends in the whole wide world. You ever felt that way? You know, feelings can, you know, come and go, you know? Well, Elijah felt this way. And, and God showed Elijah that, he said, hey, I'm still with you. I'm, I'm still with you, you know? And, and things are, are not as bad as they may seem. We have a tendency of looking at circumstances and let it determine how we feel about lots of stuff, you know? Elijah, he was running from Jezebel, and she was after him and trying to kill him, and the prophet was kind of fussing and complaining about it, but God's with him the whole time. Are, are, are you ever frightened about your future? Sometimes. Did, did you hear him say anything? Yeah. What did he say? I said sometimes, and I heard them saying, yeah. We are. Yeah, we are. Sometimes we're frightened because something's kind of gotten out of control in our life. You know? Now, David could have felt that way, don't you think? You know? God's whole army was hiding in the rocks on this mountain over there. The, the, the greatest armies of God were hiding in the rocks, and there was this guy about 10 foot tall coming out, blaspheming Almighty God. And David's going, hey, yo, somebody go shut that guy up. Y'all hear what he said about our God? And all the guys are shaking in their boots in the, in the rocks there, and they were pretty much frightened, you know? And David said, okay, is anybody going with me or am I going by myself? He was in the hope zone by himself. He was in the hope zone all by himself. Do you have to have... Like 200 people in the hope zone for it to work? No. Just you and God. That's exactly right. 100% right. Almost tipped over my notebook there. Uh, This one says here in Romans chapter 8 verse 31. If God is for us. And in reality, do you sincerely believe that God is for you? Yes. Does he approve of everything that we do? No. But he's for us and he'll help us and he'll change us and he'll forgive us and he'll get us back on the the right course. That's for sure. So let's, let's go there again. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Successfully. Who can be against us successfully if God's for us? Nobody. Nobody. Because we can look into the future and God is for us Yesterday and today and forever. Who can successfully be against us if God is for us? Nobody. Because he is for us. He absolutely is. Let's continue on. Verse 32. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Won't he he give us, what was the percentage of everything? Everything, he 100%. He will give us 100% of, of, of what we're going to be facing in the future, what we need for the future. He's going to give us everything else, you know? So, so here's the question. What do you expect that your future has in store? Well, what do you expect, honestly, this coming week has in store for you? Is it gloom and despair and agony on me? That don't sound like a confident expectation to me. The devil tries to plant that in our hearts and our minds. But we have hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And we have faith. We have this confident expectation for the future. And, and, and Almighty God's already told us in his word that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's not changing the rules at all anywhere. Hmm. Since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? 
He will. So if that's true, what are you expecting? What are you expecting? Are you in this book? Are you reading this book? Are you hearing the promises of this book? What are you expecting that the future has in store? The devil would have you to expect some frightening fear, anxiety, and all that kinds of stuff. You know? You know, are, are you being treated fairly right now? Think about that, you know? You remember this guy named Joseph? Was Joseph being treated fairly by his brothers? No. Was he being treated fairly by Potiphar's wife? No. Was he being treated fairly by Potiphar himself? No. But his hope, Joseph's hope, his confident expectation in the midst of all those things that was going on, his confident expectation was in God. Think about this. He ended up in prison for having this confident expectation and God just got him out and he becomes second in command to all of Egypt. Because he waited patiently. What did you say? He waited patiently. Pa- How many of y'all like patience? <laughs> and I like her little growl in there. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> but you know that is key to it because God is truly 100% faithful. You, you ever been in a crisis? Yes. You know, and, and we think about this, you know. Imagine there was a guy, I was reading about him in the Bible, and I, I think it would be really what I would call a crisis. He, he spent a, a day and a night in a, a den filled with hungry lions. Would you classify that as a crisis? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. But he prayed, and he knew where hope was found. It was in his relationship with God and God's word. And he had a confident expectation, although he was surrounded with hungry lions. You know, we need to know how to get in the hope zone anytime, day or night. And be honest with you, this feels kind of pretty cushy. It's probably a good place to sleep. I don't need to just jump in the hope zone every once in a while when I think I really am going to need it. It's like, why don't we just live in the, the hope zone? I think that's probably the the best way to to go about it. Listen to what it says here in Psalm 65, verse 5. You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. God faithfully answers our prayers with what? Awesome deeds. Awesome deeds. Oh God, our Savior, you, what's it say? Are the hope. Of everyone on earth. He's the hope of everyone. Now what percentage is everyone? 100%. He is the hope of everyone on earth. And he has enough. You know of life and power. To transform us all. Read that again. That's, That's just. God's word builds faith when we read it. And we just let it soak in. You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. Oh God, our Savior, you are the hope of everyone on earth. The stories that we discover in God's word here, you know, is given so you and I might have confident expectations for the future. Read these stories in this book. And it gives us confident expectation for the future. This is hope in God. And life of Christ is an endless hope. And life without Christ is a hopeless end. Hmm. I, I, I kind of like the confident expectation for the future myself. And the most hopeless people are the people who recognize that they have a problem. But they have no vision from God to know how to solve their problem. No vision. You know, there's no vision. Why? How, how can I? I don't have any expectation because they're just living out here, and they really have no vision. It's like these problems. Are just the worst is yet to come. You know. But listen to what it says here in Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, and see faith and hope. You, you, you know, vision is seeing into the future. Hope is a confident expectation for the future. 
And when you have no vision, he says, my people perish for the lack of this vision. Without vision, the people perish, you know. Hope always produces a vision on the movie screen of your mind. Now, I don't know if or not if, if you can see things like I do, but I can see me. I, I genuinely visualize me once that day comes when I meet Jesus face to face. I can see me sliding down them streets of gold in my sock feet. Can you see that? See, when you got vision, there, there, there's like a this wonderful thing that, that's on the movie screen of, of your mind. I can see it. When I pray about something, I can see God answering that prayer. Oh, when I ask God to forgive me, I can see it just cleaning and, and, and removing and separating as far from the east as to the west. Having vision to see what God wants us to see. So let's talk about valleys just for a moment. You know, valleys tend to blur our vision. Have you ever kind of been stuck in a valley? Yeah. I reckon you could probably say a valley to some degree could kind of be like a rut. You know, there's a mountain ridge, the peak, and over there's the valley, you know. And some people kind of get stuck there. And to be honest with you, valleys are inevitable in everybody's life. They're inevitable. There'll be difficulties. I jotted this down. I didn't want to leave one out. There'll be difficulties. Now, I know you don't want difficulties. There'll be disappointments, discouragements in life. There'll be times of frustration, fatigue, failure. It's the normal part of life. Don't let it surprise you. It, it, it doesn't have to be perpetual and eternal. It, it, it can be very temporal and we're just kind of passing through. Listen to what the scripture says in light of that. John 16 verse 33. I've told you all this so that trusting me you will be unshakable. Unshakable. Do you know what I'm talking about? Unshakable. <laughs> now Alex, are you up there somewhere? In the booth? Is Alex up there? There he is. I went up and said hello to Alex before the uh, service starts. <laughs> Everybody tell Alex hello. Hey, hey Alex. I went up there and I, I, I come up behind Alex and I grabbed him on his shoulders and I chuck him a little bit. And he just looked around smiling and he showed me his bracelet. He's got one just like mine. It says all in. You know, when you're all in for Jesus, it changes things. It genuinely changes things. We can have a confident expectation for the future. It doesn't mean we don't have no problems or anything. Well, what did that scripture say again? I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured. Deeply, deeply at, at peace. peace. That's awesome. Deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart. Take heart! Though you have difficulties in your life. You ever get behind a school bus and you made you late for an appointment? God bless all the little kids that's up there in front of me. God probably wanted you to pray for them. Even if you was going to be a little bit late. You know? That's what he says. Continue. You will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart. I've overcome the world, he, he tells us. And valleys are unpredictable. You, you, you really can't schedule the best time to have a flat tire, can you? No. Nope. Do y'all schedule your flat tires? No. Nope. Nope. You, you ever schedule to have a cold? or You ever, have, you ever schedule like a toothache or anything like that? No. 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 They're, they're, they're unpredictable. Valleys are impartial. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. You, you know what valleys mean? You are a person, not a bad person, but you're here on this planet. Then the Bible tells us in this world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer because Jesus, I've overcome the world. And valleys are temporary. You know, they do have an end. 
This is what it says here in Psalms 23. 23rd Psalm, verse 4. Even when I walk through the darkest valley. We're talking about valleys here. Even when I walk through the darkest valley. When I walk what? Through the darkest. Hold on right there. Lots of people may not focus on that part. But even when I walk through the darkest valley. And, and, and he's talking about a valley. It's something you go through. Mm-hmm. A valley is not a dead end. Mm-hmm. And, and he says here, even when I walk through the darkest valley. I will not be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. For you are close, close beside, beside me. me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. First Peter chapter 1 verse 6 says, So truly be glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Uh, there's wonderful joy where? Ahead. In the future. There's wonderful joy ahead. A confident expectation for the future. There's wonderful joy ahead. Even though so, you have to endure many trials for a little while. You know, even, even though we've got some tough times, you know, you know, our hope is in the Almighty, and we're going to pass through here. Valleys are purposeful. You know what my one of my favorite verses is? Mm-hmm. Romans 8, 28. And it says, we, what's that word? We know. We know. I hear people quote it. They just jump in. All things work together for good. Now, The Bible says we know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. And when we've yielded our life to God and to His purpose, He's going to work no matter what it seems, no no matter about the valleys, no matter about the difficulties and and those things, no matter, we know that all things, what what percentage is all? 100%. We know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's what we're talking about here. So there is wonderful joy, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. How long? For a little while. For a little while? That, I think that gives a lot of people hope. They're thinking, Mm -hmm. this is only a little while? Well, we can handle this for a little while. And God's going to turn that whole thing around, you know? You think about it. When things are going along fine... When things are going fine, oh, we really don't need God. Have you ever been in a situation when something wasn't going on perfectly fine and you really did need Him? You know? We need Him just as much. We surely do. When it's going fine or not fine. But when you come face to face with the dark valley, you know what I discovered? We get on our knees. You know, we get on our knees, we get into his word, and faith is coming. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, a confident expectation, and our confident expectation is refreshed. And we begin to look to God and ask him for help, and he's always there for us. Our faith is strengthened in the valleys. I don't know if you knew this or not, but in the valleys is usually where the crops grow best. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is where the water goes. This is the Apple Valley. This is the Apple Valley. And we got lots of apple trees growing not too far from us. Isn't mm-hmm. that right? Yep. Anyhow, let's, let's move on here. Lamentations chapter 3 verse but, 18. Did you hear the name of that book? Lamentations. Lamentations. What a name for a book. This is a, a title for, it's relevant for the times we're living in. Lamentations. Lamentations is, is crying, it's boohooing, it's gloom and despair and agony on me. Oh, oh. that's Lamentations. And he says here in Lamentations 3.18. I cry out. I cry out. My splendor is gone. My splendor is gone. Everything I hope for from the Lord is lost. Everything I hope for 
from the Lord is lost, you go, well, yeah, uh, I don't like that, you know? And then he says here in verse 19, The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Jeremiah is going through a valley here. And you can hear what's coming out of his mouth. He's going through a valley, but he is not going through a dead end. He's sharing what he's feeling at that particular moment. Let's pick up the next verse. Verse 21. Yet I... Wait, let me read that first word. Yet! Okay, go ahead, finish it. I still dare to hope. I still dare to hope. After he's already cried out, my splinter's gone, everything I hope for from the Lord is all lost and my suffering and my homeless and, and all that. And I'll never forget how awful time this is and I grieve over all my loss. And he says, yet I still dare to hope. There's been a refreshing there's been a transformation. He, he changed from that stinking thinking to thinking the way God has declared he should be thinking. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this. I dare to hope when I remember what? When I remember this. And then he tells us that this that he remembered and it pulled him out of the hopelessness and gave him back his hope. And what does he say there in verse 22? The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. The faithful love of the Lord, it never ends. He he will never, ever stop loving you. He will never abandon you. You'll have some difficulties. He says in in John 16, 33, in the world, you're going to have some difficulties, some tribulation, but be of good cheer. Jesus said, because I've overcome the world. First. 23 goes on to say, Great is his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. God is faithful. His mercies Mercies. begin afresh each morning. You mean when I wake up in the morning, I can expect God's mercy is talking about his love and all. I can expect when I open my eyes, it's like, hey, I'm I'm facing the mercy of God today. You know, And, and I have hope. I have a great expectation for what's going on here today. And, 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 and what does the Bible tell us is following us? 23rd Psalm. His goodness and mercy. The Bible says in the last verse of the 23rd Psalm, His goodness and mercy shall follow me. I'm being followed. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Were we going to sing that one? What's that? Were we going to sing that one? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never You pick on me and tell me, when I try to read them, I burst out singing them. That's all right. That's okay? That's a good one. Well, they're all good. <laughs> you are absolutely right. They are. Oh, never mind. <laughs> My wife tries to get ahead of me. Because she has awesome hope, a confident expectation for a future. <laughs> That's okay, you know. Verse 24, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope Hope in him. him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him. Versus those who are living independent from him. He says here, what? The The Lord Lord is good good to to those who depend depend on him. him. But but don't try to live your life independent of the almighty God. Because there's no hope there. To those who search for him. He's good. To those who depend on him. To those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly. And, and that would be talking about patiently. Not gloom and despair. But, but you know with patience and gentleness and all. For salvation is from the Lord. Now hope goes way beyond optimism. You know what optimism is? It's, it's positiveness. Positivity. Now, I believe in being positive. I really do believe in being positive. But positivity ain't enough. So hope, that's enough. It goes way beyond optimism. And an optimist thinks they can... Yeah, I, 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 I can do that. I, I can. That's what optimists are. They're, they're very positive, and and that's okay. But those with hope, they're not saying I can. They're saying 
I know that God will. I know his promises. And, and it's good to be positive, just to be a positive person out here. But it's, it's better to be hopeful, full of hope, and having a confident expectation for the future. Optimist survey the circumstances. They look at all the circumstances, you know, and, and they find the positive there. And they see the glass half full. You know, and, 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 and I'm, I'm a positive kind of a person. You know, they, they see a flat tire and they go, oh, it's only flat on the bottom. <laughs> you know, and they're, they're an optimist. They're, they're very positive about things, you know, as they evaluate the circumstances. Oh, look at that. My tire, it's only flat on the bottom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a positive way of, of looking at it, you know, when you think about it. But hope doesn't take its cue from circumstances. It is all this one. No, it doesn't take its cue from circumstances at all. In fact, there's this thing that we call uh, odd calculus, you know, that involves hope. And, and this is that odd calculus. The greater the pain, the more desperate the circumstances, the stronger and more confident hope becomes. You mean when things go bad, they're not really as bad as I think? That's exactly right. Because faith can move those mountains of fear or those mountains of debt or those mountains of bad relationship. Faith can, can move those things in the faith is the substance of things hoped for, a confident expectation. It's not just like I'm, I'm being positive. You know, positive, 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 positive. And there's been a lot of books written about positive. And, and I try to be pretty positive, but I would rather be, you know, wordful, word-filled, hopeful, hope-filled than just positive, than just basing it on circumstances around about me. Because God wants us to be hope-filled, you know. Romans 5 verse 3 says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. We, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials? That's what it says. D did you know it's okay to rejoice when you run into problems and trials? Yeah. You can just move right over here into the hope zone and you can stay there for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You genuinely can't. Let's finish reading that. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. Stamina. Tenacity. Strength. They help us. Those difficulties help us to develop endurance. When we talking about endurance the other day? Uh, look what it says here in verse 4. And endurance develops strength of, of character. character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Hang on. Hope, a confident expectation for the future, will not lead you to what? Disappointment. To disappointment. Get familiar with the promises of Almighty God. Get to know Him. Talk with Him. Sing to Him. You know, experience God in all that we do. Can we finish that up? And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Now, to fill our hearts with love. Now, wonder why he's wanting to fill our hearts with love. It absolutely does drive out fear. Love. Perfect love. It casts out fears, what the, the Bible tells us. Let's listen to Lamentations one more time. Chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. Yeah, I still dare to hope. I still dare to hope. And the verses leading up on that was just negative, negative, negative. And he said, yet I still dare to hope when I remember something. I still dare to hope. Although there's some circumstances I don't really like, but I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. When I remember how much God loves me, I, I don't cast aside my hope. 
I'm filled with hope is what he's telling us here. You know, and this is where Susan was trying to get ahead of me a while ago. We, we learned this in Bible school many years ago, but it's in the English Standard Version. And it's Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. And it goes like this. And a scripture song is fantastic because it's an easy way to remember a scripture. But it goes, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Great is your faithfulness. It says the steadfast love of the Lord it never ceases. Excuse me, I strained something. And, and, and the prophet here, I'm, I'm sorry. The prophet said, yet I still dare to hope when I remember the faithful love of the Lord. It never ends. I, I dare to hope when I remember how much God loves me. Even though maybe I seem to be a little bit hopeless by looking at the circumstances. But when I remember the steadfast love of the Lord... He says, when I remember this faithful love of the Lord, what happens? What what, does that verse tell us? I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Let me give you a challenge, and then we're just going to kind of wrap this up a little bit here. The challenge to you And I'd like you to say it, you know, when you start off tomorrow. I diligently, I confidently look to Jesus this week. I confidently, diligently look to Jesus this week with great expectations for my future. Because you can look at the news or have a friend call you. Did you see what's in the paper today? And sometimes they go, no, I don't want to use it today. Except to pack my garbage in and throw it in the can, you know. Because circumstances will do its best to rob our hope. And I would rather hear the good news than I would just focus on the bad news. You know, when you think about it. Well, there's a song that says, My life is in you, Lord. My strength is in you, Lord. My hope is in you, Lord. In you, it's in you. And I will praise you with all of my heart. I will praise you with all of my strength, with all of my life. With all of my strength, all of my hope is in you. It's just an awesome song that's about this long. You know, it's fantastic. But I'd rather read you another scripture because i got a story, a true story I want to share with you. And it's worth you coming out tonight. If that's all I did, I just read you that story. But uh, I want to remind you, what we were just reading about is that, you know, when we seem to be coming hopeless, and we remember the steadfast love, the faithful love of the Lord, it, it renews our hope. And I just want you to see this right here. And, and so, can we just rotate them verses there? Yes. Because there's like a million of them. Not really, just half a million. <laughs> he says in Psalms 136, verse 1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love, and that's what we were talking about a while ago, his faithful love, it just really renews our hope and all. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 3 says, Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. Mighty miracles? His faithful love endures forever. Verse 5 says, Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 8. Excuse me. Okay. 
the sun to rule the day. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 9, and the moon and the stars to rule the night. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 11 says, He brought Israel out of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He acted with a strong hand and powerful arm. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who parted the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. Don't forget this faithful love thing here. This is, this is important. And in verse 14 it says, He led Israel safely through. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 15 says, But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who struck down mighty kings. His faithful love endures forever. He killed powerful kings. His faithful love endures forever. Shihon, king of the Amorites, his faithful love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his faithful love endures forever. God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. His faithful love endures forever. A special possession in his, to his servant Israel. His faithful love endures forever. And each one of these verses, you can go and find the whole story behind that one verse. Uh, you can find the whole story behind it if you want to. Verse 23 says, He remembered us. In our weakness, his faithful love endures forever. He saved us from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 25 says, he gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. And it's constantly saying, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. And you remember what it says in Philippians chapter 4? Or it says, don't worry about anything. Anything. Instead, pray about everything. everything. Tell God what you need, need and then thank, thank Him for all that He has done. done. And then the peace of God that passes understanding is going to guard your heart. That's through your ears and your eyes. You know, and He's going to bring peace that passes all understanding. As, as we remember and we're giving Him thanks and we're thinking, if there's nothing else to thank Him for, I got his love endures forever. God loves me. And the way we look, well, I don't deserve it. I've let God down, you know, before. And, but his faithful love, it, it, it endures forever. So let me just read that first verse we started with one more time. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. Yet I will dare to hope when yes, I remember. Uh, still. Still dare. Sorry. Still, yeah, that's, that's okay. Yet I still dare to hope. When I, when I remember this. When I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. I still dare to hope. When circumstances don't look very positive, I still dare to hope when I remember the faithful love of the Lord ends. Uh, never ends. It never ends. It never, when I remember how much God loves me and His love for me will never end, I still dare to hope. Even though circumstances tried to take my hope away, trying to steal it all from me. That's what I that's what I tried to do. Okay. Now, I've, I've shared this uh, a few times in my life. and But this is worth us listening to. Just a little story here. A number of years ago, in a mental institution outside of Boston, a young girl known as Little Annie, was locked in the dungeon. The dungeon was the only place, said the doctors, for those who were hopelessly insane. In Little Annie's case, they saw no hope. She was hopeless. They saw no hope for her. So she was consigned to a living death in that small cage which received little light and even less hope. About that time, an elderly nurse was nearing her retirement, and she felt there was hope for all God's children. So she started taking her lunch into the dungeon and eating her lunch outside little Annie's cage. This is what they did professionally with these folks years ago. 
she felt perhaps she should communicate some love and hope to this little girl. In many ways, little Annie, Annie was like an animal. On occasion, she would violently attack the person who came into her cage. At other times, she would completely ignore them. And when the elderly nurse started visiting her, little Annie gave no indication that she was even aware of her presence. And one day, the elderly nurse brought some brownies to the dungeon. And she left them outside the cage. Little Annie gave no hint that she even knew they were there. But when the nurse returned the next day, the brownies were gone. From that time on, the nurse would bring brownies when she made her visit to the dungeon for her lunch. Soon after, the doctors in the institution noticed a change was taking place. And after a period of time, they decided to move little Annie upstairs in a room with a bed. And finally the day came when the hopeless case was told she could return home. But little Annie did not wish to leave. She chose to stay and to help others. She it was who cared for and taught and nurtured Helen Keller. Little Annie's name was Ann Sullivan. And she was the lady who taught Helen Keller Braille and how to communicate and, and water. You know, Helen Keller couldn't see and she couldn't hear. But once Ann Sullivan taught her how to read Braille and how to do signs and talk in their hands. Well, I don't know if you knew or not, but Helen Keller, she visited all around our world. She, she visited before kings and, and princes and all, all around our nation. Everyone was intrigued how she was so highly educated, so smart, and a godly woman. How it could be so. And it was only because of little Annie. And really, we don't think about little Annie. Maybe a lot of people don't know about little Annie. But it really wasn't so much just little Annie. It was an elderly nurse who brought, you see, am I in your way? I'm sorry, dear. Oh. My wife actually made me right before church a gluten-free brownie and only have one. It's a big one. <laughs> How is it? You know what? It's been a while since you've had a brownie, huh? It's been a long time. Is it this one or that one? Oh, water. <laughs> I thought you wanted the other bag. <laughs> Sorry. You could have killed right over and I would have been <laughs> not even noticing. Sorry. Well, I'll, I'll hold it just in case. We didn't have time, but if I usually don't bring y'all anything. But there are some brownies. So y'all can have one when you leave. They're not gluten free though, so if you're... <laughs> yeah, these aren't gluten free. But, you know what? There's a nurse. She made an investment in a little girl that was more like an animal. And it transformed her life. And Helen Keller was a phenomenally deep and faithful follower of Christ. And she had an awesome hope. And that hope was kind of invested in her through a brownie. Through a nurse who brought her brownies. 
and would leave them with her. Just a little act of kindness, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Just a little act of kindness that inspired hope into this little girl. So as we begin to do positive things, but they're not just positive. They're hope-filled, hope-full, because Holy Spirit nudged this nurse who's retiring to do these acts of kindness. And it brought about a transformation in her. And you and I can do that. And I was just going to eat a brownie here all by myself. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. You're welcome. But right before church, we found where we could get enough of brownies so y'all can have one. And I want you to be hope-filled. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Take his word to heart and learn to live in the hope zone with a confident expectation for the future. When you pray, have a confident expectation for the future. When we have a difficulty and you're praying and have a confident expectation for the future. That's what God says. Faith can do anything. And faith is a substance of things hoped for or confidently expected. So get into that book where all the promises of God are and it will help us to begin to expect that the best is yet to come. Let's bow our heads if we could. And we'll reaffirm our faith in Christ. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I do believe that you love me. I do believe that you love me. And I do believe the best is yet to come. I do believe the best is yet to because come. Because you sent your son Jesus. Because you sent your son Jesus. And he paid for all my sins. And he paid for all my sins. And then he rose from the dead. And then he rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus into my life. And I welcome Jesus into my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my healer. As my healer. As my provider. As my provider. As everything that I need. As everything that I need. I find it in Jesus. I find it in Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for giving me hope. And thank you for giving me hope. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.